Welcome to the Badass Broadcast, the podcast about badass broads. Thank you for joining us today. We're your hosts, Carrie and Shalom. We've got a great show for you today. So sit back and relax or get back to work or fold that laundry or drive that car, whatever it is you're doing. And let's get into it. Okay. Right. Do my fingers count as sound absorption though? No, but I can hear you moving on your okay. sweater. What? Like your fingers when you're moving your fingers. You can hear that on my sweater? Oh, I think it's like your sleeve rubbing up. Yeah. It's just or that. maybe that too. Yeah. Okay. Um. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, so what's up? All right. How was your, your week? <laughs> <laughs> Jinx. It's Sunday. I mean, it's Thursday. Yeah, we record live at 6 a.m. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, I will not get up at 6 a.m. for anything. <laughs> Meanwhile, I get up at 4.30 in the morning every day. Uh, I have so much fun on Sundays. They are my favorite day of the week. Yeah, it's fun. I'm so excited about my story today. Because it's something I'm super passionately interested in. So. I know you are very geeky about this topic. Okay. <laughs> we'll get into that yeah. after. Um, I was going to say I had a mammogram this week. Oh. And I will say, uh, like, I've had friends over the years who've had mammograms. And they always kind of, like, they almost freak out about, like, Oh, it's so painful. It's so horrible. Ah. And and then I had mine and I was freaking out low key for like the lot, the few days leading up to it. And then I looked on YouTube and found some some videos and some ladies, some nurses were like it's not that bad and it's over really quick and and then I did it and it was actually over pretty quick and it wasn't so bad. It was really uncomfortable, but I wouldn't say like super painful. Just yeah. So get your boobs checked, people. I um yeah, I have some boob problems over the last few months. I thought that you were gonna say I got some boobs. <laughs> well, that knew. too. That too. <laughs> well, I got big ones, so it's like harder to detect things with more flesh, right? <laughs> right? That's what they say. Like bigger boobs, it's harder to detect. That's what so. they say. That's what they say. You know what they say about big boobs. <laughs> It's harder to detect med- medical problems. That's what they all say about big boobs. I've heard that my whole life. Oh my god. Oh gosh. Uh, anyway, did what did you do? Anything comparable? <laughs> um, I will. I will. Okay. Honestly, I've had like a really rough time just the last couple of weeks, just being really irritable and just really annoyed with everything everything uh to do with the c word yes so yeah, yeah it just it just irks me to know and uh the whole thing like all You're this just stuff over i'm it. just over it it's, i think we're uh, all over it i think we're all covid fatigue page. is a real thing yes and uh so and and i'm one who i can i can only take being in the city for so long before i need to get out and have like uh, a fix of like nature and just being on, yeah. the, on the road i love driving on the highway and even just the act of just driving somewhere on the open highway just calms me down. So yesterday, or like, I guess it was Thursday, probably, I decided I wanted to do something on the weekend. And I kind of put it out there to my friends and I just said, hey, anybody know of any good, like, easy, short little hiking trails in the park? And uh, 
and I got a few suggestions, and then I said, yeah, I'm going to go there. Oh, great. We're going to have to. It's fine. It was just a one-off. Indy's got some My little puppy problems. dog has a cough. Indiana Bones. Um, so, so then one friend was like, do you want some company? And I was like, yeah, for sure. So I went to pick her up yesterday, and uh, we drove out there. But, <laughs> you know, okay, here's a little uh, rabbit trail to that story. You know, rabbit how, trail. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. You know <laughs> how nice. I have some gas gauge problems in my vehicle. Oh right? yes. So I had like over a quarter tank, or so I thought. Plenty to get to her house, pick her up, go to a gas station to fill up. Oh, I stalled man. out at a stoplight on a busy intersection, and I was like, "Oh crap!" Turning left or right. Just going straight through. Okay. So I was in the center lane. Oh, God. One car length back from the light. I was like, oh, no. I tried a couple of times to get it going enough to just pull it over to the side. It wouldn't go. And I was like, I don't want to kill the battery. So I just stopped. I called her. She went and I said, I don't know where the nearest gas station is. She says, nowhere near there. So she, oh she went and got some gas for me, came back to me. Nobody stopped to ask if I was okay. People would drive by or walk by and just look at me. A cop literally going the opposite direction looked over at me and he didn't come back. Another cop a few minutes later drove right by me, didn't stop to see if I was okay. That's mean. And I was like, I kind of thought that was sort of part of their job to make sure that people are okay if they're stranded in traffic. Yeah, especially the middle lane. Apparently not. (laughs) They don't care. (laughs) So anyway, yeah, she brought me a little bit of gas. I went and then like we smelled like gasoline the rest of the day because I got it on my sweater. Girl, you got to just always have at least half a tank because when your car is empty, it'll still say half a tank or a quarter of a tank or whatever. I know. No, I just got to get it replaced. Or just fix your car. I know. Yeah. (laughs) Just kidding. kidding. I'm just a procrastinator because it's under warranty. I wouldn't even have to pay for it. Oh, okay. Well, then do it yeah i know <laughs> anyway we had a good time we didn't do the whole trail because my feet were getting sore and it's kind of a longish trail and i'm not in good shape so yeah um but the dog had fun we That's brought the big fun. doggy. Oh, i'm a little had... jealous because i think it's about time that i get out of the city yeah but yeah and now you have a car you can do that on your own anytime yeah, sure. That's just not as fun on your own. No, it's not. And I am quite busy, so I don't think I really have much time to do that. But, yeah. Um, another thing. Wait, you got something special this week. I finally, finally, finally got myself a KitchenAid stand mixer. I know, you've been talking about it for I'm years. I'm such a, a girly dork. <laughs> I love that. I love I love baking. You do. You're, you're I, I do. Like, I'll just like quickly whip up, you know, cookies or banana bread or something like that. Just and, and yeah, it's just like quick and easy for me. And I enjoy it. But when I got that thing finally in the mail, game changer. Yeah. I you were so it. excited. You're like, like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> I'm just waiting on pins and needles for this thing to arrive in the mail at, at work. And uh, it finally came. And so I've used it probably at least four times already. Yeah. Um, just since what was like a week ago or something like that, or not even <laughs> just this week. And uh, yeah, Christmas baking. Hello. That's I've been funny. waiting on my Christmas baking until I got that. So 
Yeah. <laughs> now I've got everything baked pretty much. Nice. Yes, that's fun. I'm like addicted to online shopping these days. <laughs> so so like, is it? I know, but it's like I, I've gone like I, I'm not a big shopper. I don't buy a lot of stuff. I don't have a lot of stuff. So, but I just lately it's been like if I go a week without having like expecting something in the mail. I go crazy. I'm like, I need, like, I need to buy someone something. Like, what? Who else is on my list? So I'll like add people on the list that shouldn't be on the list that are like, <laughs> oh, you're my Christmas random. shopping. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Christmas shopping. So I, I think that's what's getting me into it. So, but <laughs> I was never a big online shopper because of, things have gone missing in the mail for me. So I hate when that happens, and then I am just devastated. So, mm-hmm. and then it's like a waste of money. So anyway, but. That's why I'm kind of yeah. glad I have an office to get things to mm-hmm. ship to. But uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. Should we? Should we get into the story this week? Yeah. I'm kind of curious about what you got for us. I am so pumped, care. Okay, so this week I am doing women in space because, care, you know how fascinated I am with all things space. Yeah. I routinely watch documentaries on space exploration, different galaxies, black holes, exoplanets and sciencey shit. Star Wars. No, not Star Wars. I've never seen Star Wars. It's so wild. I'm joking. Is that weird? I've never seen Star Wars. I'm just not I'm not as as into the traumatized the dramatized, sorry, I think I said traumatized. Um, yeah. but the dramatized like TV shows about that. Although I do like that, um, what's it called? The one that's like Danger Will Robinson. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like that one. I can't remember what the title of it, but yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do like... And, oh, what was that other one you were obsessed with on, on Netflix that they only had like one season? They're, they're supposedly... That's on time spaceship. travel. No, no, no. <gasps> Oh, Ascension. Yes. Yeah, I like that one. Yes, I That's really... A good one. Oh, they should have done another it season. It was so... It was so well made. And they, and they just left you on a cliffhanger. Yeah. And then there's no... There's nothing uh, further. You're just still standing on the end of the cliff right nuts now. That's when shows do that. They, like, do this cliffhanger off, like, off their, like, first or second season, and then no more. There's no more And seasons. then they're canceled. Yeah. Um, they did that. There was a, the one that I continually search for to this day called Terra Nova. And it was a time travel show. It was like the future, but then they go back a few million years and try to settle. But they have to also coexist with dinosaurs. And so they, but it was like really fun. Like I really loved it. And it's the same kind of drama that goes on in those shows too. Anyway. Anyway, uh, Netflix, if you're listening, Ascension season two. And Terra Nova. <laughs> Anyway, um, although that was like probably 10 years ago, so none of the same <laughs> actors are like, all of a sudden it jumps 10 years. And they're all like, so much older. <laughs> um, but uh, no, like the, 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 the lead in Ascension, Brian Van Holt, I could watch him in anything, so I don't <laughs> care how old he is. <laughs> That's um, true. The little girl, though, oh, she's so, okay. Anyway, anyways. I'll get into that. <laughs> We, this is just the Ascension podcast, and we're just going to talk through the entire. We should season. do an Ascension rewatch podcast. <laughs> it's only 
46 episodes. <laughs> we should just do like like those one season bit shows and just like do a podcast of like, like where a, we just live yes. speak it or whatever. Of all those shows that <laughs> just got canceled after one season. There's there's so many of them that are so good I, and it's like keep- it's hilarious. We could uh, just either that or either they're so good or we just have horrible taste. I think that <laughs> might be what it is. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. Uh, anyway. Anyway, so okay, I got I got all my sources, I think. I think. Okay. So I'm gonna name those first. Okay. Britannica.com, Wikipedia.com, how many people are in space right now.com. TheGuardian.com, SalientWomen.com, and a few podcasts. I got Space, Nevertheless, She Existed, and Remarkable Woman. So, mm, okay, so I, I never, I'm always like into those like futuristic shows and documentaries and like the science behind space travel and stuff, but I don't know much about the history of space travel until now. Uh, I first found this woman on the internet ages ago. Do you remember this? I sent you a picture of her. When I first saw her, I had to do a double take because she looked exactly like me from like age 13 to 20. And I found her, I sent you the picture and I was like doppelganger. And, yeah. Which is also a low-key obsession of mine and my lifelong search to yes, find my doppelganger. I love that you idea. Send me, you send me pictures. I do. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's this website called twinstrangers.net. Yeah. And you can actually like upload your picture, your your face, and like see if you can find a doppelganger of yourself. <laughs> so cool. Which I haven't done yet. Yeah. Anyway, you should do that. We might, Maybe we might, we do kind of have similar features, so we might actually end up. We might have the same doppelgangers, <laughs> or we ma- might, we might be we matched might be up doppelgangers because none of them are like look exactly like me or anything. And people think we're twins. That was one time, like ten years ago, fifteen years ago. Calm down. <laughs> I'll okay. take it as a compliment because I'm six years older than you. So <laughs> that was also a long time ago. <laughs> Anyway, so now, okay, I have to say she doesn't look anything like me, but in this one black and white image, she she could have been my doppelganger. You have to There's post so that many. one. Yeah, I will. I will. Uh, the very first woman in space, her name is Valentina Tereshkova. So first off, I have to apologize in advance to all the Russians out there. I am going to do my best at pronunciation. Because, but, you know, we have a huge Russian audience. I mean... That's my dream. <laughs> Who knows? A hundred episodes from now, we might have fans by then. Yes. And they might um, be listening back. <laughs> we might have some, <laughs> some fans. Um, I will say this, though, about the Russians. Uh, they they didn't hold their women back from, like, space travel or well, military we'll get into service. That. I mean, I mean, they were fighting in the military and they, yeah. I mean, I'm, sh- I'm sure there are issues, but still, like, in... In that regard, yeah, they're a little bit more advanced, but actually we'll letting see. them participate. We'll see what you think. Okay. okay. So Did I just like spout out an opinion that I don't know anything <laughs> about? Possibly. I don't know. I will. I'll give you my take at the end after we're done this. Okay. And 
it will be a different take than that. But let's. <laughs> okay. This, okay. This, this corner is called give Car- me an opinion that you opinion. know nothing about. <laughs> or, you know, no, Which an opinion be, is valid. Your opinion I mean, is valid. It's it, fine. This seems to be a thing that's going around <laughs> these days. So <laughs> That's a worldwide <laughs> epidemic. Um, Valentina Vladimirovna Cherskova was born... March 6th, 1937, in Bolshoi Mazlenikovo. <laughs> I like how you try to do the accent. I'm not trying. <laughs> it's just like if I said it in like the Canadian accent, it would just be absolutely Completely horrible. Completely butchered. Tereshkova. Like, come on. It's more fun. Tereshkova. And that's what it, the Russian girl on one of the podcasts pronounced it. So anyway. Okay. Um. So it's she, she was born on almost the 60th parallel so it's like freaking cold it's Ooh. like imagine yeah um her father was a farmer who died in the finnish winter war as a sergeant leaving his wife to raise three children on her own valentina being the youngest at just two years old her mother then took her children and moved to a larger city in search of better opportunities she only had seven years of formal education valentina um, but she did graduate, so her first year of school was age 10, and then she graduated at 17. So, I mean, I, I know things were different back then, but... I mean, she it, didn't go to school until she was 10. Yeah. Formal school. I don't know. Well, maybe her so, mother taught her. Maybe her mother I, knew something. I don't know. Um, so she she then worked at a tire factory and a textile mill, And after graduating school, she continued her education by correspondence. So she graduated from Light Industry Technical School in 1960. And I had to look that up because I was like, Light Industry sounds like an electrician or something like that. But um, I looked it up and it's the manufacture of small or light articles. So basically it's light as opposed to heavy. And I thought it meant light as in energy or power or something. No, that was, that's what I was thinking was yeah. light. Sounds very, like, technical, techie, whatever. I don't know. But, um, okay, so she became fascinated by skydiving and trained at a local aero club called Chaika, which translates to seagull, which then becomes her call name when she goes to space. So that's kind of oh. cute. I was wondering at first, I was like, why is her call name seagull? Like, dream bigger, girl. It's, like, more like eagle or hawk or something but no it's it's seagull which is kind of cool um so she is she didn't tell okay so she made her first jump at age 22 in 1959 she would she would do day and night jumps over land and water landing in the volga river nearby uh she said it's a very different experience but both are wonderful but she couldn't swim so I don't know how that went. Hold on. She did <laughs> night jumps? Night jumps, yeah. That's crazy. So her thing was to like free fall as long as possible and just wait until the last second to open her chute. Okay. Now you've been skydiving. Uh, yeah. Can you imagine doing that at night? No, I, I mean, I want to. I imagine it. But I've never done it. I I would love to. I would I would go in a heartbeat. Can you even if do I that? Had, if I had more experience under my belt, absolutely. Can you even do that, like as a tourist thing these days, like uh, 
just go night skydiving? Is that a thing? I think you probably need to be more experienced. Probably. Um, you'd have to wear like a headlamp, I imagine, or something. Or have like something set up. You'd have to have like a lights, a lighted target maybe on the Or like night vision goggles. (laughs) I don't know. Oh gosh. So then I was like, I was thinking, I was thinking that, I was thinking that, uh, must have been a really new technology like skydiving because uh-huh. I, I you always think that in history that they had like zero technology until like 1950 yeah and then they had like all the technology you know like yeah. I I think that's a common mindset and we always kind of tend to well, forget what the history of the world looks like I mean they built the freaking pyramids you know yeah, but I mean, skydiving is was would be a relatively new thing, or so I, I mean, thought. When when was this? Until this was nineteen fifty nine. But no, because they went to space in sixty or sixty one. No, so, but like this, the whole so jumping out of an airplane with a parachute thing didn't that start with World War Two? No. So hear me out. All right, so I went on skydivingmelbourne.com.au. And base jumping was an activity started in the 1100s in China. Wild. I don't know what they used for shoots or whatever, but it's crazy. And we're all like, we've all seen the famous sketches from Leonardo da Vinci from like 1400s. And I always thought like no one had ever done it before. And that was like this new concept and no one had ever actually even tested that out. I don't know what the history of that is, but, um, that particular design that Leonardo da Vinci drew and designed wasn't even tested until like 2000 something. And yeah. So, he had a lot of sketches that never actually got. Yeah. Built. So that was crazy. But, um, the first free fall jump from a plane happened in 1919 by Leslie Leroy Irvin, not to be confused with Leslie Irvin, the serial killer who operated around the same time. Oh, at Assault, the same time. Around the same time, yeah. Oh, my So gosh. a solid reason why we usually use middle names middle for names. serial killers. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, except I couldn't find one for Leslie Irvin, except that he was called, maybe it was just the newspapers called him this, but Leslie Mad Dog Irvin, which, I mean, that's an okay middle name. <laughs> <laughs> Would you give that middle name to your child? <laughs> Then I got distracted and just went down a, a serial killer rabbit hole. Of course you did. Of course I did. Have we met? Hi. <laughs> Hello. Hi. Um, and did you know that H.H. Holmes was only 35 when he died? Anyway, that's a, a, another podcast. That, that's the guy with the, the, the weird castle hotel thing? Yeah, the hotel the with rooms. all the secret rooms and like the weird... The torture chambers? Yeah. Ugh. Okay. Anyways, women he, in space. Pretty. Okay, what is this podcast name? What? <laughs> Um, I forgot which one I was on. The serial killer one is our other podcast. <laughs> Where we just like live record our serial kills. Oh, wait. <laughs> did I just give that away? <laughs> no, kidding. Oh, I'm were kidding. we recording that? <laughs> you got to <gasps> tell me next time. <laughs> Gross. Just kidding. We are not, for the record, we're not serial killers. For the record. In case you were wondering. Um, so back to our lady. <clears throat> Sorry. Uh, this became more than a hobby 
because she started training to become a competitive parachutist, which I didn't know it was called parachutist, but it's parachutist, which is weird. Professional? No, uh, competitive. Oh, competitive. Which was a sport that started in the 30s. So she would fill her weekends with jumping and didn't tell her family about it. Um, understandably so. But when I went skydiving, like, our brother came too and our cousins and our, our aunt, who was much older at the time. And it was all her idea. Who, yeah, it was her idea. Wait, this is the aunt we Save talked it. about last time. The fucking rad aunt. Anyway. Does she need her own she episode? She was like, she's the best. I love her. She does. I swear. I love her. One day we'll do her too. Okay. Um. So this was never her original plan. Uh, I mean, to, to be a cosmonaut. But um, anyway, so let's talk about Yuri Alexievich Gagarin, who was a Soviet Air Force pilot and cosmonaut who was the first person to go to space, achieving a major milestone in the space race. He completed one orbit of Earth on the 12th of April, 1961, and he instantly became an international celebrity. So shortly after this flight, Nikolai Kamenin, who I love and love to hate, um, Nikolai Kamenin, I'm 100% pronouncing that wrong, director of cosmonaut training, read that America was training women in their space programs. And not to be outdone, in his diary he wrote, we cannot allow that the first woman in space will be American. This would be an insult to the patriotic feelings of Soviet women. Okay, first of all, was America training women? Yes. They were? Yes. We will talk. Carrie, listen. This is... I'm just getting started. (laughs) All right. All right. I'm listening. Uh, I'm listening. (laughs) I know. I know. I'm sorry. I'm just getting really... I get real riled up on this one. (laughs) Anyway, they did... They got uh, straight to work and chose five women out of 400 candidates to train in the next program. So along with Valentina, there was... Tatiana Kuznetsova, <laughs> Zana Yorkina, Valentina Ponomeriova, and Irina Solovyova, who became Valentina's backup. What's it called? Backup? Like um, like when you're doing a play and then like... Understudy? Understudy, yeah. Literally, that's what it said in the articles. Oh, okay. So um, Sol- Solovyova was Valentina's backup, or understudy. understudy. <laughs> Sorry. So she did all the same training as her, and even up until the very end, walked up to the spacecraft, fully prepared to take her place if anything were to happen. Can you imagine? You do all the same training, and you don't even know, but you don't know if you're going on, but you are completely mentally and physically prepared. You've got the the space suit and everything. And she's fully like, she said her goodbyes to her family, everything like, and then she doesn't even know until the moment, like <laughs> Valentina goes into the spaceship. So I can't imagine the mental toll that would take. Oh yeah. Cause, you, cause you'd have to psych yourself up and get excited for it. Yeah. And there's and then, a lot of fear because it's a new technology. Yeah. It's the final frontier. Yeah. And then, and then no, sorry, you're not going after all. It's, yeah, it's not even a story. It's like, oh, no, I guess, yeah. (laughs) You knew what you were signing up for. Well, I mean, yeah, you did, but there would be a, uh, I think there would be an immense disappointment in that moment when the other person gets on. So she, 
Uh, we'll get into that. Anyway, the, the rules required for the potential cosmonaut to be a parachutist under 30 years of age, less than five foot seven in height and no more than 154 pounds in weight. So check, 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 check. There go all my dreams. I fail on all accounts. Uh, <laughs> what was that? So disappointing. <laughs> um, so training began in 1962. And since none of these women had any experience in the military, they started as privates in the Soviet air forces training included isolation tests, centrifuge tests, thermo chamber tests, decompression chamber testing, and pilot training in jet fighters. Sorry, I'm very burpy today. Anyway, <laughs> they also did water recovery training where they went into the ocean and surrounded by motorboats in order to simulate rough conditions. Um, so after... Months of training and passing all of the examinations, the women were offered permanent positions with the Air Force, as this would like solidify their place in the Army, and it would be less likely for the government to just, you know, get rid of them. I guess that was a fear that they were like, oh, okay, we're done with you now, you didn't go to space, or whatever, the other ones that didn't go to space, or whatever. So they, they solidified their positions by... yeah. It I sounded guess. like, in one article, it sounded like they were offered this position. In another article, it sounded like they fought for it. So I don't know what exactly went, hmm. went, went on. Anyway, so out of the five candidates, Kamenin chose Valentina to fly first. So at first, there was a joint mission planned where two women would launch on solo flights on consecutive days. And Valentina was meant to be the first. However, there was a change to the plan, and the first flight would be manned by Valerie Bikovsky, who is a man. Um, <laughs> I have to clarify, because Valerie in English is a female name, um, who was a more experienced pilot. And Valentina flew was supposed to f fly on the next day. So initially, that other girl was supposed to, Irina was supposed to, fly as well so then to have that taken away from you and then be the the next one up and you don't know you know so yeah like, so she was supposed to so she was psyched up at one point so that is, it was going to be a crew of two mm -hmm. but then they reduced it to just a not single... a crew of two two separate crews or solo flights oh they were all that's solo how it started flights. was solo i didn't realize because i just always thought that there was like oh see yeah i, I knew that i knew they just started whatever. like just like one person at a time yeah. but that's why when you said <clears throat> two i thought oh yeah but no okay two separate solo flights yeah so kamenin called her gagarin in a skirt <laughs> was that supposed to be a compliment or? i don't know <laughs> but hey she rocked it so one of She's the things just as good as a man <laughs> One of the things that actually made her win out over the others was her tragic past. So the fact that she grew up poor, her father was a farmer who died in the Winter War for the country. It had a patriotic appeal. So she was promoted to lieutenant before her flight. And by the time she landed, she was promoted to captain. Aww. Aww. So sweet. <laughs> They're like, I guess you've gone to the final frontier. You've earned your 
position as captain, I think. I would think so. Uh, You would think, yeah. Because she did captain her own ship. Yeah. Right. So on the 16th of June, 1963, she and her backup, Solovyova, were both dressed in spacesuits and taken to the launch pad by bus, following the tradition set by Gagarin, Tereshkova also urinated on the bus tire, becoming the first woman to do so. I didn't know that was like... That's a thing. That's a tradition in Russian cosmonautism. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Um, I mean, I don't know how I would do that because I find that would be really difficult to aim. Maybe she squatted. I'm just like trying to like figure it out right now. Maybe she created like some kind (laughs) of like, you know, you can get like the feminine... Urinal, the female urinal thingy these days. Well, what she maybe she in space? I mean, it was like the space program. Maybe they just got <laughs> got an engineer to whip something up for her. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't know. <clears throat> I've heard some women can aim. Uh, it's pretty crazy. Oh, but- I don't get it. <laughs> I don't know. That's got to be some skill. I can barely <laughs> squat when I have to. <laughs> Let's try homework for next week. (laughs) See if I can aim. Next year's camping trip. (laughs) So after all that, she launched flawlessly into space, becoming the first woman in space, still today the youngest woman in space at 26 years of age, and to this date the only woman to fly solo to space. So after her launch, she radioed down, it is I, Seagull. Everything is fine. I see the horizon. It's a blue. It's a sky blue with a dark strip. How beautiful the earth is. Everything is going well. And she ended up launching two days after Valerie instead of the next day. Later than originally planned. And, the, and they did get, um, so I guess they, they did kind of cross each other's paths at one point. But they never got closer than like five kilometers. And they don't they didn't really see each other, but they could communicate via radio. So wait, they were up there at the same time? At the same time, yeah. So he was there for like five days and she was there for three days. Okay, so she was up there with Yuri? <clears throat> no, not Yuri. Yuri was the first it one. Was before. Okay. So this is Sorry, uh, I'm not paying attention to who exactly was up here there with. There's her. a lot of names. It's okay. A lot of Russian so names. So it was Valerie. In one ear out the other. <laughs> Valerie. Okay, you're Valerie. part Russian. <laughs> That doesn't mean a <laughs> Russian mean name. Anything. Um, where am I at? Okay, so cameras were set up in each spacecraft and transmitted live round-the-clock footage to state TV. So you could be, like, sitting in your living room with your family watching the people in space. That was pretty cool. Um, <laughs> she aided in research on the atmosphere, effects of space flight on humans, as well as comparative studies on women in space flight. So although she was in space for, or sorry, altogether, she was in space for two days, 22 hours and 50 minutes. So three days. She was nauseated, sick and uncomfortable the entire time, but she never complained. She orbited earth 48 times. Did you know that? Like, I didn't know that that was a possible thing. Cause when you're in on the- earth, you can't orbit earth 48 times in two no, days. but how long? What I think what I read that Yuri orbited the Earth in like four hours or something. Yeah, something on like his that. first flight. So it's pretty crazy. But he only did it once and then yeah. came back home. 
So she orbited 48 times. She logged more flight time than any American astronaut at the time. Um, descending into the atmosphere, she ejected four miles above the Earth and project and made a parachute landing in Kazakhstan three hours before Bukowski. So upon landing, she bruised her nose and apparently she was met or not met, but she was found by like some local villagers who helped her out of her suit and brought her food and everything. So I don't know what the situation was there. I guess like they probably didn't have like a pinpoint landing spot, right? So they wouldn't have had to find her at some point. So yeah, I don't know where, where Valerie landed though. Um, yeah, but they both earned instant celebrity and were awarded the Order of Lenin, which is a big fucking deal. After that, she became an international sensation, and for years following, she traveled the world, spoke at conferences, women's conferences, made appearances, presented awards, was sought after by royalty, more so than any other cosmonaut before or since. And in the midst of this worldwide fame, she married another cosmonaut six months after her flight, giving birth to a daughter the following year. Her daughter, Elena, became the first person whose parents had both been to space. Oh. Obviously. That's cool. So she, um, uh, sorry. Valentina, sorry. Valentina became a beacon of hope worldwide for women in especially oppressed societies. So there was a lot of like, 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 Articles from, like, um, mentioning, like, specifically in India and Africa and stuff, people were, like, extra in love with her just because she was a woman and those were oppressed societies. I don't know. Something to look up to. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. She got, like, hero status. Yes. So following all of this, she wanted to continue as a cosmonaut and pilot. Wait, wait. Did their daughter go to space, too? I don't know. I don't think so. Because that would have made a cool ending. Um, I don't think so. That okay. would be a really cool ending. Let's put that in the movie. Yes, um, we'll, take, we'll take creative liberties. Uh, she did eventually graduate from Zukovsky Air Force Engineering Academy in 1969, but it seems she was too well-known and just kept getting appointed to various roles and obligations that she couldn't very well continue on her preferred career path (laughs) she became a member of the world peace council in 1966 a member of the yaroslav soviet (laughs) in 67 i don't know sorry again sorry (laughs) i've said sorry about a thousand times on this episode alone (laughs) anyway i just so i just cut and paste a whole bunch of things from wikipedia here i'll read out just just this is just a fraction of the glory that she got so she was also the soviet representative to the un conference for the international women's year in mexico city in 1975 because we because we just need a year (laughs) that was the same thing that i mentioned last week the women's conference in mexico city in 1975 she was there too yeah maybe they met with mary two acts early maybe they met they're like best friends. That is so cool. Oh my god. It all comes around. Oh my goodness. So she she led the Soviet delegation to the World Conference on Women in Copenhagen and was interested in socialist internationalism 
and women's roles in guaranteeing world peace. So she's all about the world peace shit. Anyway, she was also chosen for several political positions throughout the years and elected and reelected a number of times. She was a member of the Supreme Soviet of the Soviet Union, a member of the Central Committee of the Communist Party, a member of the Presidium of the Supreme Soviet. She was appointed Vice President of the International Women's Democratic Federation and President of the Soviet Algerian Friendship Society. In 1976, Tereshkova was a colonel in the Soviet Air Forces. In 1977, she earned a doctorate in aeronautical engineering. She, she really wanted to go back to space again and went through all of the necessary like physical testing and everything in 1978, but she never went again and ended up being an instructor at the Yuri Gagarin Cosmonaut Training Center. She did eventually end up divorcing her husband, who is apparently, on all accounts, an abusive prick. So no need to put his name out there, because he fucking sucks. Anyway, and she remarried a doctor who she met while trying to requalify. So I think that that marriage was true love. Um, but, yeah, the first marriage was kind of a sham. Not, ne- not necessarily a sham. Maybe they were in love, but they were just really super pressured for the optics of it. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, Russia, it's all about the optics. Yes. So to this day, she is incredibly active, both politically and socially. She was reelected to office in 2016 and serves as deputy chairperson of the committee on the federal structure and local government. As you can imagine, there are countless international awards and monuments in her honor, as well as a crater on the moon named after her and a constellation. So all this mad competition to get the first woman into space and the next space flight by a woman wasn't until 19 years later, when Svetlana Savitskaya flew in 1982. So you mean even her backup, her understudy, didn't get to go? No. Unless she went in like the 80s, I don't know. But let's talk about Svetlana. Svetlana. She's pretty I like that name. I love that name. It's kind of a stripper name, name. but I love it. Svetlana. (laughs) Svetlana. It's it's one of those names that you really, you can't say without the accent. I can visualize her. Svetlana. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true. You have no choice but to use the accent. Svetlana is very specific. Yes. Anyway. um, I like it. So I'm going to power through her story. Even though it's super fascinating in itself, uh, but I'll just like, I shortened her story a little bit. So Svetlana was born in Moscow in August of 1948. So as a stark contrast from Valentina's upbringing, Svetlana was raised in privilege. She started parachuting as well at the age of 16 and didn't tell her parents. By her 17th birthday, she had logged 450 jumps. Can you believe it? Like she's six, In less than a year? In, yeah, and only at the age of 16. Guess what I did when I was 16? I had a stroke and I got addicted to drugs. <laughs> you? Anything important? I did I absolutely mean, nothing. Yeah, you read a lot of books, I bet. <laughs> I did a lot of uh, <laughs> procrastinating on homework and studying for tests. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the Hepner specialty. <laughs> How old were you when you jumped, when you skydived? 
20. Okay. And you did one. That was one. <laughs> you didn't do 450 no. in less than a year. <laughs> no. I knew a guy who started skydiving because he was afraid. He was terrified of flying. Mm-hmm. He would have to drug himself up to go to fly oh, anywhere. My gosh. So he decided to get over this fear. He's going to start skydiving. Yeah. And then he just fell in love with it. And it just became like his hobby. I mean, I wish it was my hobby. I, I have done a lot of nothing in my years. And one of my problems is that I have a lot of friends who don't have the desire to do the same things that I have the desire to do. So I would just not do it. But I kind of, I want to, like this summer, I definitely want to do like skydiving or some kind of crazy adventure because I love that kind of stuff. Because why not? I love it. It's so fun. And I remember when I first went, obviously first went, my first jump, (laughs) my only jump. One and only. Anyway, um... I remember like in training, cause we did like eight hours of training first and it was a solo jump. So we weren't doing tandem. Um, and the guys were like, the instructors were like, no one wants to do tandem. Tandem's so boring. You don't get the full experience. And it's weird. Cause you've got this person breathing behind you. Like it's weird. It would be and weird so, to be that close to a person and you're flying. And you're through. like hanging on to them. Like it's, weird. it's so weird. So he was like, you don't want tandem anyway, and we don't offer tandem, I think, at that at that place. So, But he did say, like, when you pull down one side, you're going to whip in a circle. If you pull down the other side, you have to whip in a circle. So you really have to, like, balance it out, even it out. And I was like, fuck it. So I, like, pulled down one hand and, like, whipped around in a circle a bit. And I remember you have this one-way radio taped to you, and so you can hear them talking, but they can't. Um, they but can't, you can't talk you. to them. Yeah. And I remember him being like, whoa, are you okay up there? And I was like, I just want to do that because like, it's so fun. <laughs> it makes the flight shorter cause it makes you go down faster. But you're like, I'm just like, I want to do it cause that's fun. Like so much more fun than just floating down, which I mean is also extremely fun. Yeah. So, but but I, you didn't get to do any free falling. No, no, no. You didn't, you didn't they, jump from that high no. up. It was 3000, I think. Yeah. So they had to. They had to like just throw the shit yeah. out with me. Yeah. Yeah. So it was really. So yeah. do you want to do like the real thing where you free fall? Oh, and dude. Pull out your I own? Do like, I want to do like sky walking, like where they like, they like do like acrobatics and all that stuff, which she actually ended up doing. I mean, aerobat- or, or aerobatics. Or like bring like a little skateboard thing up there, like yeah, a yeah, little surfboard. Oh yeah. People surf in the yeah. sky because they, yeah, yeah. That's so, so fucking dope. Now all I want to do is watch I'll videos. I'll watch the video. <laughs> I don't need to do it. Um, that's like a few jumps in. That's not on my second shot. <laughs> we'll, we'll wait it out. Um, okay, Svetlana. So Svetlana, okay, by her 17th birthday, she had logged 450 jumps. And when her parents found out about it, her dad was like super down about it. He, he encouraged her to continue. Aww. Which is so weird. This is like... She could have told them right from the beginning. Right? This is so cute. This is the 60s. This is crazy. Um, so by her next birthday, by her next birthday, Carrie, uh-huh. by the time she's an adult, before she's an adult, she had broken not one, but two stratosphere jump records at 13,800 meters and then again at 14,252 meters. So let's take you back to like middle school science for a second. And the atmosphere is made up of layers. 
The troposphere is the first layer and it extends to about 14 and a half kilometers. And then the stratosphere is from there to about 50 kilometers high. So she basically hit the stratosphere, which had never been done before. Hmm. Crazy, right? And she's 17 to 18. 17 years old. Wow. And uh, altogether, she ended up breaking 15 records of jumps from planes. So I don't know what all those records are, but that's pretty wild. So after graduating high school, she went on to aviation school. She became a pilot and flight instructor. She eventually went on to become a test pilot. So she's daring as fuck, I Mm -hmm. wrote. She's just like next level shit. Um, She also became a part of the Soviet national team for aerobatics what we were just talking about yeah like dancing basically dancing like all in the those sky. Little, yeah so she was officially picked for cosmonaut training in 1980 after training and examinations she became the second woman in space on august 19th 1982 she along with her crew docked on the space station for eight days and returned to earth on the 27th so she said in a Baltimore Sun article that she that when she docked on the space station, one of her crewmates handed her an apron and told her to get to work. She ended up winning them over, though, and gaining their respect, um, which shouldn't have been needed. But yeah, this is 1982. Oh, my God. And overall, <laughs> she's taken three flights totaling 19 days, 17 hours and six minutes in space. So she's the first woman to do a spacewalk at three and a half hours long. She's only mm-hmm. done one EVA, though. And this is literally my dream. Like, I actually have dreams about spacewalking on a regular basis. <laughs> like, I, oh, my God. Like, talk about, like, I, skydiving, I, next level. Like, I, I want to be a... Honestly, I can't even watch that stuff in movies. Oh, my goodness. Spacewalks? That's when I'm glued to the TV. No, I just... <laughs> Oh. And I then, can't. like in the hundred, when Jaha like lets go and he flies to the other side of yeah, the no ah, uh, jeebies. I love it, love it, love it. Ugh. Oh God. Anyway, she <laughs> she also won countless awards and honors for her bravery, and she got involved in politics in the '90s and is still in office to this day. She's currently 72 years old. And I can't talk about women in space without mentioning. Wally Funk. So Wally was born in 1939, and in 1961, she was 21 years old when she passed all the testing to go into space. She was set to be the first woman on the moon, though that space is still open. Mm. Of the 12 people on the moon, there has been no women. No women. Um, She apparently scored better than John Glenn. And yet she was passed over because they soon canceled the Women in Space program altogether. So that is 1961. So what you were saying about... Um, they started training women to go yeah. into space and then they, they were like, ah, oh, forget it. Russia so, already got it, so we're done. So, so this gets me super riled see, up. I can see, talk this, about this forever. This is what I don't like. Like... Why did there have to be a separate program for women in space? Why couldn't you exactly. just have one space program? No, because it's like space program and then, oh, oh, girls too. Even though you take up 50% of the population, we're going to give you a little corner of the space 
thing and whatever. And there was like discrepancies with like uniform sizes. So there wasn't the right size. So they could only choose one woman or something like that. Like it was so messed up right into like I'm, I'm the so, 80s. And I'm stuff. sorry. There, there is this thing of like making uniforms in different sizes. <laughs> yeah, I know. Have you ever been shopping <laughs> so, for clothes? Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> this is like really, really Just stupid. Ridiculous. Um, so it was kind of like, also like they were racing to get the first woman in space using women as a prop for title's sake. Oh yeah. Because as soon as Russia did it, America was like, like, ah, forget it. All right, we're good. And then they canceled the program altogether. So it wasn't even like, they just were like, okay, we'll put you in the next program. It was like, oh, we just canceled it If we can't win... Then we'll just forget the whole thing. Which is stupid because they could have put her on the moon. She, <laughs> This breaks my fucking heart. Because, okay, so in 2012, she put money down to be one of the first civilians in space. But today, at 81 years old, she has never been to space. This makes me really mad because she did all the rigorous training and bested a man who went on to be one of the most famous astronauts in the world. She was better than him. I'm, I can hear my voice getting louder and louder. <laughs> from, from such a young age, she pours her heart and soul into it. She put in all the work and clearly qualified. And this was her projected career path. Then she ends up paying out of pocket. She hasn't even been able to go. So, like, they would have originally, if they just were, like, the best candidate wins instead of the yeah. best man wins, yeah. she, they would have paid her to go. And now she has to pay, like, however many millions of dollars or whatever it was in 2012 because, like, she was, she's written books and stuff like that. So she has, she has money. I don't think she's poor. But, I mean, the fact that, you know. It just She's got passed over just because she's a, she was a woman. Just because she was a woman. And she, even to this day, she would love to go. So I found one of the podcasts I was listening to is called Space, and they have a, an episode where um, Wally Funk goes around and she talks about, like, uh, the next, like, going to the moon. Because mm-hmm. there's, apparently there's a race to the moon now again, and, and everyone, like, kind of dropped it in the 60s. They're like, oh, we've been there, done that. And, yeah. now, and now it's kind of back, that race. And so she goes around and interviews all these people and everything, and her little thing was, like, she she's so cute. I was listening to the episode and I'm like, oh, this lady's so cute. And then she's like, said something about my name is Wally. And I was like, oh, I'm like, Wally, fuck. So she's like, uh, I was supposed to be the first woman on the moon, but that didn't happen. Like, she seems to have a good sense of humor about it, but it is devastating. And still, oh, she really badly wants to go. To like, how old is she now? She's 80. 182 what did i just uh, say they should just I put just her said. on the crew anyway just let her go right i mean even if she i mean you already have the technology 81. to go there so, just build a rocket let her go <laughs> even if she died i'm sure she wouldn't mind she'd be like die on the moon I on the to, way to the moon yeah that would be like the best death <laughs> i would want to do that i, I want to go I, to space in her position honestly i think she wouldn't mind <clears throat> i think that, like just no i mean seriously she <sighs> was supposed to be she's a adorable too and she's still in like killer shape she's like a strong woman anyway um and just let her go let's sign a petition let wally go to the moon and in that episode she also said something that i just thought was like cute and funny she was like cape canaveral's 
like Florida, where all the launches are, um, is actually the area code is actually three two one. So I don't know how that I don't know if like what came first, chicken or egg. It was like I don't know if they named it after the fact or Oh what. that's that's funny. That's that's a little Okay tidbit. so that's funny. <laughs> so of the five hundred and fifty three people who have been to space, sixty five of them have been women. Of the seven people currently in space, two of them are women. Kate Rubens has been in space for sixty days. She's an American microbiologist and astronaut. She launched on her second space flight on October 14th, which was her 42nd birthday. Oh, mm-hmm. happy birthday, Kate. Yeah, I will not be accomplishing that by my 42nd birthday. <laughs> you have six months. Or six <laughs> months to do it. Um, Shannon Walker has been in space for 28 days, and she is an American physicist and astronaut. She is currently on her second space flight. As of November 15th, she's 55 years old. That is just a handful of stories of notable women in space. So four out of 65. Or who should have been in space. Yeah. (laughs) That is, uh, yeah. Do you think I still have time? I mean, like if I start training right away, maybe I could make it up there one day. Um, I mean, Shannon's 55. Yeah, but how long has she been training for it and going to school? Yeah, but, like, Valentina only trained for a few months. But you'd have to get into a wicked shape. Because apparently they can't make though. bigger, they can't make different size <laughs> uniforms, so. No, no, no. I don't know like, if they make plus no, no, no. size <laughs> space uniforms. <laughs> I don't think, I don't think, um, no, you have to be in killer shape. But I'm, u- like, I'm usually in killer shape. It's just my stupid... Not killer shape, but I'm usually in much better shape than I am now. It's just my health issues. I, I don't know. Those, those boobs might get in the way. They don't make a uniform. We don't have enough material to go over your <laughs> massive tits. I'm sorry. Uh. <laughs> I'll be like, if they ever need a spunky podcast host on but, space I'll, I'll do it but i mean there go. is still the option of uh aren't they doing like um tourist thingies yeah elon musk wants to yeah. do that so which i'm down i, I would that. imagine that the threshold would be a little lower probably you, you just d- need you money. probably don't need to do as much training like you'd need still need to do training man you need well, to like yes they need to know that you can handle it well it yeah of course killer but if you're just on your body if you're just going along as a passenger, you're not part of the crew, though. Yeah. That you probably don't need story. to know all the sciencey shit. Yeah. But I would want to because if anything happens, and then like they in re- all the movies, everything, like it comes down to the last yeah. person. And then, and then, and then they. I need to know what all the buttons You have mean. to step in as a, as a substitute crew member because of some other tragedy has happened. No, like everyone else has died and I'm the only person on the ship. <laughs> I have to know what buttons to press. They have to train like, you how to fly at home. Like on Ad Astra when Brad Pitt had to like, he accidentally that. killed all of the crew members. I didn't see that. So he had to like fly from Mars to Neptune on his own. Yeah, that's realistic. And it took a few months. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> this is future though. This is future. That was a really good movie. 
No, it's crazy. And and I when I told B what the topic was, our other sister, she's like, "Oh, yeah, good I'll to just know. skip that I'll, one. I, I just won't watch this episode or listen to this episode." So I will say the I, there are a couple of space movies that I've watched over and over. Apollo um, Apollo thirteen, 13 was one was like that I was obsessed standard with standard when we were child. and I uh, had it on VHS, of course. Yes, we watched that. Um, often. I think. I think I still have it. I'm not sure. Why no, was that? Was that because you had a crush on Gary Sinise? No. Oh, I always thought that was why you would like that No, movie. I just, I was fascinated when I first watched He's it at my friend's actor. house. And uh, I just love the movie. I think, I don't know. I just. It's maybe the it's human the, condition. It's the final it's, frontier. It's really exciting. And and the cast. I mean, Tom Hanks, yeah. Kevin Bacon. Rita Wilson. Wasn't she on it? No. No. I thought she played a small role. Uh, anyway. Yeah, Kathleen Quinlan, and um, who's the other guy? I can't remember. Wasn't Bill, Bill one of the Bills? Bill something, one of the Bills. Paxton or Bill? Bill Pullman. Paxton. Yes, <laughs> I get Paxton and Pullman mixed up because I was raised <laughs> equally by both of them. Yes, <laughs> I mean on TV in all those '90s movies. Yeah, <laughs> Bill Paxton and Bill Pullman. No, it was Paxton. Um, yeah, and the other one is The Martian. I can still watch that one over oh and over and over God. again. I love it. I love that one. And the book is great, too. Gravity? Gravity's so good. But you wouldn't like that. It's too sketchy. Because they're, like, floating yeah, in space. Yeah, I haven't seen that one. For a big chunk of it. I have seen Interstellar. Oh, I hate that movie. Cheesy. Do not even That does not even fit in the category. Cheesy. Um, so bad. Yeah. Good cast. Amazing cast. Really shitty movie. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, clearly I'm such a good critic because I know what I'm talking about. Because I've worked on, like, movies like Home Alone 5, so I know a good movie when I see it. Yes. <laughs> we both have, like, a minuscule amount of experience in the film industry, so we are very, very well um, well versed. We're, like, yeah. We're the people you want to listen to. No, but seriously, I am, I am a critic of movies, and yeah. Yeah, well, that's interesting. I did remember one thing I was going to mention before that I forgot. Hmm. Um, I was going to shout out all of those YouTuber uh, garage band oh troubleshooting goodness. tutorials. <laughs> because without you guys, honestly, and I say this with sincerity, this podcast would not be here. <laughs> Every single week something goes Every up time. and you have to be like, Google it. <laughs> I don't even use Google. I just go straight to YouTube. <laughs> And search, and I find the answer. So yeah. you guys are doing great work. It's very, very important. I'm sure there are many other podcasters out there and musicians. That who, cannot do it without that, you. That cannot make their creative projects work without your help. Yes. Okay. So, so. that's awesome. Women in space. Women in space. Will not be me. Um, there's still an opening for First Woman on the Moon, so I'm down. I'll... You know, start training right away. I'll run home and get training right away. Uh, so if you enjoyed the story this week, please hit subscribe, rate, and review. That helps us out a lot. And find us on Instagram at The Badass Broadcast. Also, if you know a badass broad that you want to shout out, let us know on Instagram or email us at thebadassbroadcast at gmail.com. And as always, see you, see next, you next Thursday. Thursday.